Hello and welcome to Stuff We Say Flashback Episode 9. This is the penultimate episode of the series, but was originally going to be the last episode in the series before my OCD brain made me realize that, oh no, I can't just end at 9. So, and for this episode, um, what, what prompted this was that a couple years back when I was still in uni, we I did a media production class. And part of that was doing some podcast-related things, and at one point, my friend Carl and I started talking about Sega Genesis stuff. And one thing led to another, and we recorded this. And I hope y'all enjoy it, because he's a cool guy with a lot of really interesting things to say on this console. So hello, and welcome back to the Stuff We Say podcast. Today, as always, uh, I am a bit of a Sega nerd. Once again, of course, I'm James, and joining me today is... Carl. Yes. So, Carl and I are actually, uh, well, I guess we could say we're peers, university peers. Classmates. Classmates. And the funny thing is, we both grew up with a Sega Genesis, to an extent. To an extent, yes. To an extent. Yeah. And I've talked about Sega stuff on here before. I previously did a podcast episode with my buddy G, who has a complete North American Sega Genesis collection. And as he went over that, my wallet silently weeped. But (laughs) today I'm wanting to take more of a retrospective look. And by that I mean get ready for X number of minutes of us just kind of nostalgia baiting. Yeah, Yeah. just chatting about our fondest memories of the Sega Genesis. And perhaps, if we need more time, the Sega Saturn. Yes. Oh, did you have a Saturn? I did not have a Saturn, but I had a babysitter who had a Saturn. Oh, I love the Saturn. Yeah, I think that's the... I, I only played Earthworm Jim and a fighting game on it. I was don't, it Virtual Fighter? I, did, I, I honestly do not remember the name of the game. I just remember button mashing and kicking ass. <laughs> no, that that's fair. That's fair. So, I guess, how did you first get a Genesis? I'll go into my own stuff with it in a bit, but... Okay, well, uh, I got my Genesis in, I think, 2000 for Christmas, and I only got two games. It was Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and I think it was Zero Wing. I don't remember playing Zero Wing too much because I was eight years old, and I was very confused by just not having any linear direction to go. So I played a lot of Hedgehog or uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but uh, when I got when I got it, I was so pissed because I had wanted a PlayStation 1 with Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> Oof. And and also all my friends had uh, a PlayStation 1 and 4 to 5 games, and here I was with this system that came out roughly the same time, but it just because everyone else didn't have it. I mean, it was a good, what, five years older than the PS1, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ni- uh, yeah, the Genesis came out in, what, 94, was it? or 90? Uh, 90, no, 89. 89? 89. 89. Holy crap. Yes, according to my cheat sheet. <laughs> okay, yeah. Huh, wow, okay. So, I, I guess, you know, I, I've told this story a few times as well, but uh, when I was a little kid, it was that, you know, it was that generation of, like, you know, Nintendo 64, Dreamcast, that's what everyone had. But, you know, I was, like, four or five. My sister had gone to Genesis back in the early 90s, and she wasn't really much of a gamer, so she didn't touch it much. I remember being like, yeah, I want video games. My dad went out to the garage and brought back a box with a, just a Genesis and a copy of Sonic 1 that was, like... There you go. That's video games. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. And I did. 
I enjoyed Green Hill Zone, then I got bored to Tears and Marble Zone, and uh, would always just reset the game and continuously play through the first zone. Oh yeah, the farthest I had ever gotten in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was the, I think, Zone 7, and that was, like, my peak accomplishment. Which with... one was that? Was that the Oil Ocean? I, 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 think it, I think it was. It was definitely after the Casino level. Fair. Which I was really confused by because I was again I was really young and I'm like I don't understand any of these. Why is there pinball here? <laughs> yeah, like what? What's why? Why do I care if I get like all these bars on these screens? <laughs> so what? What other games did you end up getting? Because for me it was just Sonic One, and then the all later Genesis games I experienced were through like collections on newer consoles. Yeah, well I. Mostly got my collection through like friends who had friends who had gotten a PlayStation, and they're like, "I don't play with these anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I got I got a pretty decent stack there, and I had also been going to like it. It wasn't quite a dollar store, but it was sort of like a you don't go here to get name brand stuff, right? A lot of the games I got from there were repackaged, and they didn't come with original cases or anything. Um, but that's where I got my. Oh God, what it was? Sega did this thing where a lot of their sports games weren't like it wasn't like MLB or NHL. It was so and so's like Punch Out or so and so's Home Run Derby. Like I think the big one was Joe Mon- Joe Montana football. That was yeah. the big one they they pushed in the states. I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I remember reading about it anyways. Yeah, but I played a lot of baseball. Uh, I forget. It was someone's someone's club baseball the teams were all kind of jumbled from like i I don't know if it was like a random thing or if it was just sega didn't get rights to players names (laughs) was it tommy lasorda baseball i think so i think that might have been it but i will say my absolute favorite game that i got was jurassic park rampage edition Yes. Ooh, is that the one where you get to play as the Velociraptor? Yes, it is. Yeah. I lost my shit when you. I learned that you could play as a Velociraptor in the game. And before before doing this, I did a little bit of prep work, a little bit of research, and I found that the Rampage edition had come out just a year after the the first edition. Which in the first edition, you could play or you had to play through like the different levels. Where in the Rampage edition, you could just go straight to the ship level. And as long as you like completed the first three in whatever order, then you could go on. Well, I always hated the level where you could just jump on the dinosaur and just run through everything. Which you couldn't, apparently you couldn't do in the first one. But yeah, I, I played Jurassic Park Rampage edition so much that I would have nightmares about being trapped in the game and there's there's one level where you're basically you start in a pteranodon nest yeah and you have to like make your way to the floor like the bottom and uh yeah i had nightmares of getting picked up by the pteranodon and taken up back up to the nest and i just i was stuck in that level in my dreams so often I think the only I think the only experience I've I've had like that is I remember that this isn't a Genesis game obviously but like I remember when Minecraft was in beta so oh, do you yeah. remember 
like when I was in middle school and I remember discovering and playing so much of it like that I would literally like dream about playing it. Yep. Yeah. Probably the best games on the system and I say this as someone who I I feel like people see as as a massive Sonic fan mm-hmm. is either Streets of Rage 2 or Gunstar Heroes. Never played Gunstar Heroes. It's really it's really interesting. Are you familiar with Treasure, the the game developer? They mm-hmm. did like Dynamite Heady, uh they did like a McDonald's game of all things that was oddly huh. good. Yeah. Uh, Gunstar Heroes is pretty much a, imagine Contra. Have you ever played Contra? Yes, so yes, fast-paced run and gun, uh, but on crack. Mm-hmm. There's this really famous boss in it called Seven Force, where depending on the difficulty, it will transform into all these different forms. But the gist of the boss is that you aren't just stationary fighting it. You're either chasing it or running after it or, be, or running away from it while fighting it. Oh, nice. <laughs> and in Streets of Rage 2, you know, it's just... A good time. And well, you yeah. Beat stuff up. Well, wasn't wasn't Streets of Rage more like the like the grandfather of pretty much most like, like that form of game because you, you're you're side scrolling, beat em ups, pu- punching your way through everyone. Yeah, yeah. Didn't like there was like um there was Final Fight. There was Final Fight. There was I think it was um, Double Dragon. I uh, I don't remember Double Dragon. There, there was a, another one which wasn't great, but it's one. It's one I remember playing, uh, I forget where I played it, but I played it when I was fairly young. And there was a Power Rangers game. Yeah. That, that was, and it was weird because it was a beat-em-up, but like, and most 2D beat-em-ups, you can still like go into the background and foreground. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it was just flat, like, you know, a, a Sonic or something, but it was still a beat-em-up. Yeah. So it was way simple and yeah. kind of boring after a while, but also it was cool because I guess... I guess just because it was Power Rangers. Mm, yeah. The best way to play Genesis stuff nowadays, like they, they have this collection on the Switch and PS4. Yes, yeah. Uh, which, which is great. It's really, really good. I, I haven't had a chance to try that new mini Sega Genesis console they released. I've, I've heard good things, but yeah. uh, probably some of the coolest things I found on that was Alien Storm, which was another treasure game. Mm-hmm. And pretty much imagine that same Contra style of game, except it's nothing but boss fights back to back and you only have one life uh and if you die it's game over mm-hmm. but it's super arcadey because the point of the game is just to see how far you can get on one life oh yeah 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 well i think i think the the formula for those kind of games are seriously still around today because all it is is just oh you've you've completed this this level well yeah. here's this level that's slightly harder but then the reward at the end Ugh, you gotta get that reward, so you just keep playing and playing. <laughs> and it, it's nice because for a while with modern games, you know, mm-hmm. like what I love about Genesis games is, I mean, a you you, they Sega didn't have as many established franchises as Nintendo, mm-hmm. so you got a lot more weird experimental stuff yes. like yeah. the ooze. But also the entire generation of games, you know, they were more complex than say like NES games one, but they still had that simplicity to it, and that's something that I think only in the past few years we've really started to see. Uh, and games that weren't intended as retro throwbacks, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What I really miss from from kind of that age when we first got Genesis console and stuff, and something I wish we were old enough at the time to truly, I guess, dive into, was uh, how cheap used games were then. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, did they have Funko Land in Canada? 
No, we, 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 we mainly had EB Games. Well, actually, we had GameStop, which is just EB Games. Let's see. There was there was one game store that was independent. We, it was called the Game Exchange, like the letter X and then change. They still have those in Texas. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, wow. The, I know that because the one near my parents' place apparently went out of business uh, a few months ago. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember that's where I got a lot of my first, like, larger consoles. Like, that's where I got my first 360. That's where I got my first PS3. Actually, I still have that PS3. You could go in and they they took DVDs as well. So I just like unloaded all of the DVDs I didn't watch anymore, and I could pick up a bunch of 360 games. The funniest thing is, you know, when I, even I, until like 2008 or so, you know, rental stores were still a big oh, thing yeah. as well. Oh yeah. And I have a buddy of mine where he has. I'm I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he he wants me telling the story in full. But essentially, it took him a good year or so to finally beat Fantasy Star 4. Because a little mom-and-pop rental store, like, had the game. But he could only, you know, take it out and play it, like, on weekends. And, of course, there's no guarantee that it would be his file whenever he'd run it out again. So finally, you know, he, he finally got the game for his birthday at some point, right? And finally got to beat it after, you know, months of just... Taking it out, potentially have to restart a save file from the beginning, grinding. Oh yeah, I, I, that that was commitment, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I remember there were a few times where I had gotten super far in Sonic Two, and I'm like, all right, this is the farthest I've got. But then, like, one of my parents was like, "Hey, come help me with this real quick," and I'm like, "Okay." Hit pause and. I go off, I do something, and I come back, and we only had one TV, so my dad would be watching TV or something, and I'm like, okay, I'll, like, wait until he's done, and done, like, watching the news or whatever, and yeah. just kind of chill somewhere else, and then when I see him not, like, watching TV anymore, I go back in there, and my game was turned off, and on Sonic 2, you couldn't save. They didn't even have a password system, Didn't Yeah, it crazy. was just, you, you had to you had to just start completely over and i would be just so furious and there were there were a couple games where i surprised myself by being able to get to the third or fourth level but i would have to pause because i had to stop playing for the day and then my parents were going you're wasting energy and just turn it off right in front of my face and i would just be so distraught <laughs> did you did you ever end up doing the thing i, I didn't do this you know with my sister's Genesis, because you know I only had that for. Uh, it wasn't very long because eventually uh, she sold it to like one of the neighbor kids for like twenty bucks, as older sisters tend to do. But uh, did you ever do that thing where you know you're playing a game? And I did this some during the GameCube era, right before I got actually got a memory card, where you're playing and you don't want to lose your progress, so you just leave the console on and turn the TV off. Oh yeah. While you go to bed or do whatever. Oh yeah. Like I think there are good like you know ten twelve hour periods where I just had the console on, but the TV was off and I was off doing something else or you know I'd gone to school or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in retrospect, I'm kind of glad that these things didn't have a tendency of, like, frying themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's something to be said for, like, the G Genesis, because in uh, a lot of games, if systems nowadays, if you leave them on or running, it just deteriorates the machine mm -hmm. itself. 
like the with the 360 remember the um the red ring of death oh god the red ring so i actually have something kind of genesis related like that so my parents i love them they aren't exactly what i'd call tech savvy i mean that, that that's oh, yeah. fine you yeah. know i know i think it's fair to say they're they're a little older i don't expect them to know everything about tech mm-hmm but I remember once when I, once I got grounded, my mom's like, "All right, well, I'm taking the Wii away." Well, this is why I started the 360. So I played that, and she was like, "Okay, well, I'm taking the 360 away." Yeah. So my grandma had gotten me a DS a while back, and I had gotten the, the Sonic the he- there's a Sonic the Hedgehog collection for DS where it was uh, all four of the the main Genesis Sonic games, but on the DS it was it was actually pretty good. The only issue is, of course, you know, they had to, like, crop in the image a bit just because. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sneak in the DS. I'm just going to hide it under my pillow and, you know, very sneakily play Sonic while I don't have my, my 360 or Wii on hand. So, uh, yeah, that was a thing. I think that happened a couple times. I yeah. promise I wasn't a bad kid. I was just... I was just an asshole. Did, did you ever like sneak the? I, I had a I had the Game Boy uh, SP. Yeah. And I would be sitting. I would have to turn the mute the sound off, but I would like sit in my bed with the door to my bedroom in the opposite corner, and I would be sitting there with a book, but like while grounded, obviously. Yeah. Sitting there with a book, and I'd be playing like mario kart or something <laughs> i think i only got caught like twice <laughs> yeah what what's so funny about the genesis thing is so uh i got back into to retro gaming when i was in high school I, you know started on like flea markets with friends and whatnot mm-hmm. and i somehow at one point ended up with four different genesis consoles so i had the model one the model two even the model three and an extra model two mm-hmm. and so i found that i found a copy of Sonic, and it was the same. It looked, it was tattered enough that it looked almost like the one my sister had when we were. Yeah. I actually gave that to her, and it's pretty cool because you know now my niece and nephew are able to you know play Sonic One, and it, it's great. I didn't actually have any AV cable, so I gave her an RF connector for it. Mm-hmm. So they're literally experiencing these games like you know, like we did. You know, of the yeah. worst possible picture and audio quality but also you know i i don't think I'd, I'd have it any other way right yeah yeah well actually talking about the, the the wrong cables i when i got mine i didn't have any cables i had oh, just no. a power cord so it was kind of obvious my parents hadn't gotten gotten it from like a store they had gotten it from i don't know a friend or uh like a, even used, a game exchange or e- something. even a game exchange yeah and they just didn't have the cords either so even though I had gotten a video game system for Christmas, I could do nothing with it. <laughs> I mean, you could turn it on. Technically. Yeah, I could you know, turn it on. And, oh, oh, look at look at the three little lights I get. Yeah, like, oh, why would turn it? It glows red when I press the button. That's yeah. great. I can push reset, and they very briefly go off and come back on. <laughs> so awesome. I mean, the, there, there's a power brick. Those power bricks were massive. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Were, were you familiar with the, the Sega CD? A little bit, yeah. So the, uh, for those for those listening, there there are more. Sega was infamous for uh, making too many different versions of the Genesis and too many add-ons for it. Yeah. There because there is a Genesis model one, two, and three. There was uh, the Sega CD, which was a CD-based add-on. There was the 32X, which was another add-on that a lot of people joke looked like a mushroom cloud because it kind of nuked Sega's reputation because of how 
kind of slapdash and out of nowhere it came. Like they, they literally released the 32X in North America to try to prolong the life of the Genesis the same day the Saturn was released in Japan. Oh, yeah. No contest. Like no contest. And like, uh, but then there was also the CDX, which was a Sega Genesis with a uh, Sega CD built into it. And probably the coolest one, Nintendo Switch Eat Your Heart Out, there was a Sega Nomad, which was a portable Sega Genesis. It got like two hours of battery life off of six double A's, very similar to the Switch. Yeah, I think my cousin actually had one of those. Yeah, You burn through the batteries so fast. Like, you know, I joke about the Switch, but you know, at least the Switch has a rechargeable battery, right? Oh, yeah. Like this is, you no, know, you need to put six double A's into that thing. Oh, yeah. But it's funny because if you got the full setup. So, like, I have what's called the, the tower at home, you know. So, I have a Genesis Model 2 with a Sega CD with a 32X. And the issue is that all three of those components needed their own power supply. So, uh, Sega famously also made their own line of, what were they called, like, surge protectors? Yeah. With yeah. enough space in between so you could plug in all three power supplies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> By the way, for anyone who wants to get them nowadays, you can actually buy aftermarket power supplies where it's just one brick with three plugs and it works perfectly. Oh, yeah. Well, they were probably thinking, you know what? People will want as many of these as they can, as many as they can get. Because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, your, your first gen comes out. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't think E3 goes back that far. Uh, but... 94. 94, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well... Ladies and gentlemen, here on our uh, early 90s cable network television show that perhaps maybe a thousand people were tuning into. I don't have, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't really have real numbers. But the Gen 2, please go out and get it. Add it to your Gen 1. <laughs> and it's so funny as well because they made, like, pretty famously, they, they had the Master System before the Genesis, right? And they made a backwards compatible adapter. Mm -hmm. But because of how they shaped it, you could only actually use it on the Genesis Model 1. Yeah. So what do they do? They make the Powerbase Converter 2, which works on any model shape-wise, except they only release it in Europe. Oh, well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues to the, the mail service, that's for sure. I, I guess, but it's like, <laughs> there, there is so much Genesis stuff, and like, I see, I always get anxiety just looking at complete Genesis collections of yeah. people who, you know, got every Genesis model. Um, the, the weirdest one I found is this was a third-party one that Sega allowed, and it was called the Pioneer Laser Active. It was a Laserdisc player and also had modules you could insert into it, one of which was a Sega Genesis. And this thing would cost would have costed you about $1,000 back in the 90s. Okay, I'm going to date myself here for a second. Yo, I heard you like Sega Genesis. How would you like a Sega Genesis for your Sega Genesis? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, though, where it's like, okay, introducing the new Sega Genesis Model 2 2. It's just a Sega Genesis, but with two cartridge slots. Hey, switch back and forth between games, or play two games at the same time, one controller. What's that, split screen? Split screen? Split screen with yourself? What? What? <laughs> So we, what made, made us decide to do this podcast, we talked a bit about Vector Man the other day. Yes, Vector Man. Oh, my God. A, a little robot living in a very dystopia, dystopian future that looks kind of like how you'd imagine the worst climate change uh, predictions to be. Which is to say, it looks like the opening from WALL-E. 
And you're playing as a little robot guy made out of balls, which yeah, seems I, odd, but... I remember exploding into balls a lot. But the, the balls were kind of cool because, you know, it, you really got to see, like, how animated he was and whatnot. Oh, like, yeah. It, it was very primitive looking, like, almost Donkey Kong Country-esque, like, you know, 3D and 2D, but, like, it, it looked cool for the time. Yeah, it was a nice 3D side-scroller. Yeah, and... I mean, it was hard. I don't think I ever beat either of the Vector Man games. Yeah, I probably didn't get past the second or third stage. <laughs> but, like, it was cool. It's one of those things where it's like, I think of the Genesis, I'm like, hey, that's a game that, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't remember too much. Did you, like, collect health by collecting more, like, little green balls? I, I think, I remember, like, to get some power-ups, you literally had to shoot, like, CRT screens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, Vector Man's weird because it's one of those things where it's, like, really impressive, but not really something I'd go back and play. Yeah. Or, like, it's a cool 90s set piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had this really weird football game. It was, like, Jail Yard Football, something like that. I forget. Was it Mutant League? I, I, I don't think it was Mutant League, but... That, that sounds like it get real, like... Just imagine people running out into, like, a football field with, like, shivs, you know? <laughs> no, well, it was, like, it was, uh, there were, like, maybe six teams to choose from and to play against. But for some random reason, this big giant fight screen would, like, pop up. And you'd have to just button mash to, like, fight the other team. And they had, like, all these different little sound bits. Like, if your player would get tackled, his, like, pads would come flying off and shout, Oh, my knee! Or something like that. Oh, I like that. that that's actually kind of cute. And yeah. Creative. I, I, I never understood it, though. So I was like... Actually, here's one. Mutant League Hockey. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, ho- hockey's good. I like hockey. It's It's... Especially old school hockey, where it was just legalized fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mutant League hockey, when people make the joke about hockey being legalized fighting, I think no game, like, epitomizes that better than this game does. Because you're literally just paying as these grotesque, this disgusting-looking creatures as you go around, I guess, playing hockey and also beating the living hell out of each other. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Well, you you mentioned you mentioned violent video games, and yeah. it's it's something it's something that uh, I kind of miss about the Genesis. Because yeah, do, do you remember all the buttons you had? I remember what when you got the six button controller. Yeah, yeah. Because well, a lot of people forget as well as the Genesis had these really nice beefy three button controllers. At oh launch. yeah, oh, that's that's all I had yeah. when growing up. But then later on, you got the six-button pad, mm-hmm. which I didn't like as much because even though you had more buttons, it was a physically smaller controller. Yeah. And it's like, I have big meat clobber hands. Yeah. I had massive meat clobber hands as a child. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, bringing it back around to the, to the uh, uh, violent video game, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was... I think there's no denying that the Genesis had the better version of Mortal Kombat. Absolutely. So there was a lot of controversy when it came out in arcades because Mortal Kombat, as you expect from the name, is filled to the brim in blood. There was a fatality where you could literally rip someone's spine out. Yep. It was awesome. Well, you you heard about the controversy where uh, in order to be released in the States, they had to remove the blood. 
Yeah, and yeah. Nintendo outright removed the blood. Yeah. But Sega got off on a technicality and just locked it behind a secret. Yeah. Except, couldn't I think the code was in the manual. Like, I remember, like, I could be remembering wrong, but it was a secret code that was in the manual. You could, you could turn the blood on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I remember... I didn't. I didn't grasp the concept of combos when I was little. Yeah. So I think I played. I think I played Mortal Kombat two, and I would just, you know, get close to them and just button mash and just yeah. throw punches, kicks, duck, kick. And I, I never learned how to do anyone's like special abilities or anything. No, neither did I. Like it's so funny because the things that was causing so much contra, I never learned how to do any of that. I was older, right? Yeah, exactly. And when you're little kids, it's like, oh, uh, how do I do it? I'm just going to mash buttons. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I didn't learn until much later in life about like the super uppercut, where you just down and uppercut. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was down up. No, no. It was. It was just down and punch, and you could just sit there down punch down punch until and just throw them up in the air until they either died or they broke through and just comboed you to death honestly i don't think nintendo ever made up i don't think they actually managed to make up for the whole mortal kombat thing until it's so weird like they, they made a point of censoring mortal kombat and then a few years later they made killer instinct Oh yeah, which was fantastic. I love kill. I'm I'm trash at all fighting games except for Smash Bros. Right, which I finally put some time into uh, recently. But I love them. Yeah, I I remember playing the more of the newer ones. But I'd be fighting someone, and then I'm like, oh, why isn't this combo working? And you know, you like pause the game and like look through yeah. the combo list while your while your friends there like, come on, you're 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 ruining the game. Where would we be without game facts nowadays? Oh, probably in the dark ages, or or like or like the one person who like discovers scorpion's fatality is yeah. like a god amongst men <laughs> you're saying as well like i see a lot of like older gamers complaining about game facts and whatnot now mm -hmm. but like some of the games like breath of the wild are so big and so massive oh, yeah. that i literally don't know how people would discover everything without yeah. like without the game guys. yeah like, yeah so we've been going for nearly an hour now so do you have any final thoughts about the sega genesis besides uh gotta get that blast processing Oh yeah. Well, last thoughts about the Sega Genesis. First of all, I miss you, and I'm sorry that I gave you up for a PlayStation One. And I'm sure if I went back now and played through some of the games that I just either didn't have the patience for or were too hard because I was eight years old and also didn't pay attention to story at all. Right. I think I would have a very different outlook on the Sega Genesis. No, that's completely... I, I think what we've learned is hindsight's important, but the great thing about these retro games is even if retro game prices are all over the place nowadays, yeah. the Genesis has gotten so many collections and re-releases and now, and there's so many ways to play these games, both legitimately and uh, not. I think realizing this as adults means that we can just go back and play them. It's, oh, it's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. And now we're now that we're adults, we uh, in theory have you know an expendable income that we can just go off and have a hobby. Game, game collecting is too damn expensive nowadays. Way too expensive. <laughs> but with that, thank you very much for coming along to this episode. Do you have anything thing you'd like to plug social media wise or whatnot? Oh, I'm 
I live in a cave, so I don't really uh, do social media, but just because it just popped into my head, and sorry it's not super spectacularly related to related to video games, but how to make everything on YouTube, HTME, they're just starting a series on restarting world's technology and society, uh, which is really cool to watch if you're into ancient history and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And of course, I'm James. This is Stuff We Say. If you want to see more from me, either listen to other episodes of this podcast or see me on YouTube at Stuff We Play. So with that, thank you very much for watching. Stay classy, and we'll see you next time.